Good morning. Good morning, uh, my sisters in Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the day. I want to thank the woman of God who brought forth the prayer this morning. So encouraging, so encouraging. I thank you. Um, before I go forth with uh, my word of encouragement, I would like to um, say a quick thank you to the Father. Um, Heavenly Father, I say thank you. Uh, thank you, Father God. Good morning to you, Father God. Good morning to you, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you for the morning, the opportunity to come together once again to speak, to speak to you, allowing me to be able to speak and tell um, things that I have been hindering and pushing down, Father God. And I say thank you um, for this opportunity. I want to thank the Apostle for allowing me to come forth um, to share my uh, my word, my life, my my life to my sisters on the line this morning. Father God, I say thank you and Holy Spirit. I pray that you have your way. I pray that if just one person hears my story and can relate to it and get understanding from it, I feel that the Father has done his job with me this morning, and I say thank you to him. I want to say thank you, Heavenly Father, once again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Um, good morning once again, um, my sisters in Christ. Um, my title this morning is God's Not Finished With Me. Um, there's More to Be Broken. Uh, yes, and also my subtitle is um, How God and My Children Saved Me. Um, I know I don't know if uh, you ladies remember, but I gave that word of encouragement a few months back um, in regards to um, the babies that I had, the birthing and the unbirthing that I had. Um, it would have been a total of nine children. Um, I have four living children. Um, it would have been two miscarriages and um, three babies that I, I aborted. Um, this is a continuation of that um, not realizing um, some of the, these pieces you know, and I just keep saying to myself, I'm like an onion. You know, God is peeling me piece by piece because he knows that I can't handle it all. That um, I would literally probably break down and possibly not come back up. So I want to thank him for his patience. Um also, I want to thank the Apostle for helping me to reveal some of these things that I I push, like I said, my push down. Um, uh, a few months back, um, like I said, I gave my story, and um, some things was revealed to me, and I, I, I knew it when I was younger. I always said... Um, that I didn't want, I didn't want any children. Um, I had my niece and my nephew, my sisters, they had babies, and I was like, oh, I could, you know, give for them and do for them. Um, 
make sure that, you know, whatever they were in need of, I could step in and help out. So I was content with that. I I thought I was content with that. And um, in actuality, realizing now I wasn't. I thought I was, but I wasn't. Um, also, I just, you know, was not thinking about it, you know, at the time. Um, also, the doctor had told me some things about, you know, it looks like I possibly might not be able to, um, just the way things was going on within my body. So I was like, okay, I had come to grips and understanding with that. So I believe I came content with it. So in my freedom, I was doing whatever. And when I say whatever, I mean not more so with men, but just out partying hanging in the wrong places, doing drugs I had no business doing. I mean, just things of that nature was just, you know, um, uh, going down the wrong path, literally. Um, Just not realizing what I was doing to myself in the presence I was in that, you know, even then God was saving me from situations that could have taken me out, things that I was doing Um, when uh, when I think about this now, it, it really blows my mind that where I was at, um, I was, uh, the drugs I was doing, um, that's when uh, crack was not crack, but it was uh, free-based. And me and my girlfriend, you know, we would get our little paycheck and go chill at her house. And, you know, I would do what I was doing, which was not free-based, but it was still cocaine. And I see her, she over there, and I'm like, what is that? You know, and me being me, uh, I'm going to experiment. I'm going to try these things. So I said to her, I want to try. She's like, no, girl, you don't want to do And I'm adamant on it now that you tell me no. <laughs> okay, now I know i got to try this. This is something that I really got to do because you're telling me no, so it must be something real, real good is what I was thinking when I did this. And I did it, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, this ain't, you know, this, oh, no, I I don't know what this is doing to me, but it was too controlling for me. And I never, will not forget, it must have been maybe a week or so to the day I had, not even a week, I'll say a, a little longer than that, not to exact, I had gotten sick. And I felt like I had the flu. So I'm like, no, I'm going to go to the doctor and see what's going on. When I get um, to the doctor, I'm sitting there and I'm nervous because I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, I done been out here. You know, this is when the virus had really just, you know, people started speaking about and it was being forth. And I'm just in that doctor and I'm like, oh, my God, because they tell you, you know, these are some of the symptoms, you know. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, I got a fever. I have a cough, um, I'm not feeling good, I'm sweating. And so, you know, my mind, Satan is just really running rapid in my mind in this doctor's office. So um, when they finally call me and I go in and the doctor, she's looking at me, you know, they sit there and they question you, why are you here, whatever, and I'm explaining to her why I'm here. So she goes to listen to my chest. And when she listens to me, she steps back. So when she steps back, it, you know, like, made me fearful, like, oh, my God. So 
So she said, girl, you pregnant. And when she says that, I'm looking at her like, how she know I'm pregnant? She didn't touch me down yet. You know, she ain't touched my stomach. But then she goes, I hear the baby's heart beat. And I was just in, I mean, literally, I was in there, in that place, but it was like my body had, um, <laughs> like, literally, I was hovering over myself because, I mean, I'm, I see myself and I'm sitting there, but I'm not even, I'm expressionless. I'm just sitting there and I'm like, is she talking to me? Impossible. That's not what the doctor said. Um, I don't feel like I'm pregnant. Um, I, my clothes didn't need the same and everything. So, And when she says the heartbeat, I know in my mind that means that baby is a baby. In order for her to hear a heartbeat, there's no way that's a small child. That's a baby baby. So when I'm sitting there and she's like, you know, talking to me and I'm still not registering what was said to me, and she gives me this paper for, um, you know, to discuss what my what I was going to do. But she says to me, I'm going to tell you this. You have got to be at least four and a half to five months pregnant. So when she tells me this, I'm really like, oh, my God. There's a full baby in me. Anything and everything that it's going to have, it has. So when I leave there, she gives me a paper. I'm just, like, stuffing the stuff in my bag, not even paying attention to what she's saying. I'm just like, okay, okay. So I'm leaving out. And when I get outside where the doctor's office at, it was a main street, a lot of traffic. And I'm just standing there, and I'm literally saying to myself, if I just walk out now, I wouldn't have to deal with this. This is something that I won't even have to deal with because I won't be here. And as I'm standing there and I'm, you know, standing there, and I truly believe even then God was like, no, no. I'm walking. Then I turn away from the the, uh, curb and I start walking down the street to go back home. And as I'm walking, I keep thinking this. I just want to smoke. I was smoking cigarettes. I'm just like, I'm just going to smoke. I mean, I'm smoking and smoking. Put one out with a smoking one, lighting another one from the one I'm getting ready to throw away because I'm just so like, what am I doing? What am I going to do? How do I tell my mother that I'm pregnant? Not only am I pregnant, but this baby be coming in months, literally months. So I go home, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, you know, like, how do I tell her? How do I tell her? And I, knowing my mother, she already knew, God rest her, she already knew when we were expecting, just waiting for us to tell us about the expectancy. <laughs> so, you know, she would say things, you know, to me looking at me, and I would just be like, okay, nobody's home. I'm going to tell her today. And the fear of speaking it, and letting it be because I thought if I speak it, it's a reality. As long as I kept it to myself, this baby would not show. 
and oh, this baby was a good baby. Did not show. I was able to wear my pants, my clothes, everything fit just right. There was no tone. I mean, my face did change, but as far as my clothes and my body, none of that changed. The minute that I spoke it, I tell you, it was like, okay, everything's out. Okay, I don't have to hold it no more. I woke up or maybe not the next day, but a couple of days later, and it was like, boom, a stomach. This is a real reality check. You're having a baby. Now there's no more hiding. Everybody's going to see it. You're having a baby, honey. You are having a baby. And my son's father, we wasn't together, but, you know, I would see, visit him when I wanted to visit him, and that's how my son was uh, brought Created because, you know, me running back and forth but not in a relationship with him any longer, an ex that I was just seeing when I wanted to. Well, fast forward, my baby, when he came, it was a saving grace because to go back, when she told me about him and that I was pregnant, I sat there and I cried and I said to her, you don't know the things that I have been doing with this baby in my body. And I just started wailing off everything, and she just looking at me like, you know, okay, all right, okay. And she's like, but you can go forth from here. You can. It's not too late. It's not too late. And I was like, I could have damaged this baby. It could be everything could be wrong with it for all the things that I was doing. And I say that to say, if it wasn't for that baby. Me finding out when I did, I couldn't imagine the things that I would have indulged myself in and continued to indulge myself in if I did not have that baby living the way I was living, doing the things I was doing, uh, drinking and smoking. and uh, I mean, I really wasn't a drinker, but I too was a smoker. And when I say a smoker, I'm talking about smoker. I ain't talking about just cigarettes. Neither. I'm talking about the marijuana. If you could roll it, I was trying it. If you could smoke it, I was trying it. I just was in that place of experimenting and uh, living willy-nilly, not really caring because I didn't have no responsibility. I didn't have to, no one was depending on me to have to look out for them. No one was um, relying on me. It was me, and I had to take care of nobody but me. If I wanted to get up and go and I wanted to um, not come home, or um, I didn't have to worry about nobody because I didn't have a responsibility. When um, I was pregnant, and I, you could see that I was pregnant. You know, God is really something because I found out I was pregnant at five months. I had my son at seven and a half months. So there was no adjusting to a baby being in my belly. I had no time for that. There was no, and then with that pregnancy, I, it really, I was concerned because I had premature labor where I was in the hospital with him. Then I had to go back in the hospital because my water, I had got a, a leak in my water, in the um, 
bag, so I was leaking. So they put me in the hospital, and I had to stay in the hospital until it, it they was like, if it don't reseal, you got to stay in the hospital until you had it. So I was just like, okay, these are the things that you have done to this baby. What is going to be? Even in the sonogram, it was like, everything looks good, everything looks But I was thinking not about the physical. What have I emotionally done to this baby and how I was with it? the stress of being pregnant after I found that I just, you know, was still not accepting my situation, still not preparing myself. I mean, I was preparing myself as far as trying to get things for the baby. My mother was helping out. My sisters was helping out. But it was still my emotional, my my mothering was not ready was not prepared for this baby. So when I think about um, that and how I was with him and to have him so early that on top of me having him at seven and a half months, thank God, to God be the glory, he was four pounds. You know, he wasn't a small, small baby. He was four pounds. He was moving. He was crying. Everything was good when they brought when the nurse came and she told me she was like uh, twenty eight hundred kilometers and I was like what why what is that because you know I'm knowing this baby didn't stay in me long enough to get uh, the full weight to 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 get the nourishment that it was supposed to get so I'm you know knowing that okay but. You know, even then I was like, please don't let this baby be so small that it, it has to stay in the hospital a long time to, you know, because I'm just thinking about the two-pound babies, the three-pound babies, those babies that have to stay in with the, you know, the needle. And just the thought of what I could have possibly done to this baby was really at me, on me, pressing on me. But to God, he was four pounds. 10 ounces to you ladies that might not seem like much, but to me it was just like, um, uh, um, how can I say, an amazing number to know, okay, four pounds. That's not too far from five because they let him come on at five pounds. So I was like, okay, it's not too far from five. He just got to gain a little more, a couple more ounces, a couple more ounces. And he'll be okay. But then I'm thinking, okay, are they tubes? Are they? And when I finally was able to get up and go see him and to see that he was just in NICU, in an incubator, not in an incubator, just in a, a regular baby's bed that they put him in, no tubes. No, no tubes coming out of him to see that he was just. I was just in awe. Even then, I was thanking God, even though I wasn't a one of God. I was thanking him. Thank you, God, that he's not what I put him through. He's not what I put in him. He is not that baby that I see over there that the mother probably didn't do all the things that I did and her baby is in the incubator with tubes in, in that baby's body because of whatever the situation may have been. 
So I say thank God for this baby in so many ways. And I thanked him for how he looked, that there wasn't any uh, physical, physical, that you could physically look at him and say, oh, wow, you know, the mom, she was out there doing this, doing that. You know, she, he didn't carry on him what I carried, I put in him when I carried him. He was not that child, and I was just so thankful to see that and to know that, okay, he got to just put on a little bit more weight and he could come home. And even when a doctor came in and she was saying to me, um, wow, you only carried this baby for basically two and a half months, basically two and a half months. And to see you and knowing how when I was coming in and doing my visits, how stressed out I was, how, you know, like, oh, my God, you know, like, worry, more worried than stress, concerned because of knowing what I, I, I was doing and how I was living, that this baby is going to bear my burden that I put on him. So I just thank God for being a father that he was even that saving, not just me, but especially and most importantly, the baby, the child that didn't actually even be here, had no control over what I did to him. So I say thank you to God. Yes, he stayed in the hospital for a couple of weeks. Um, and even still with him staying in the hospital, it was really to just monitor him. You know, they wanted to keep eye on him because he still came home at four pounds, I think four pounds, and he lost a little bit of weight. So he came home maybe four twelve. But they were like, he got to get out of here. And that's what the nurse said when she said to me, she's like, you ready to take this baby home? He got to get out of here. He, we need this space. We need this bed for a baby who needs it. He does not need it. And just to hear those words and to know that she was giving me the okay to say, he's okay. You just got to do better, be better as a mother, as a woman. First, as a mother, secondly, to do better for this child. And that's how I took that as when she said that to me. You have got to be a better person. Live better. Stop whatever you were doing because now you have a responsibility. I'm not saying that I became a perfect mother because there is no such thing. I did still indulge in things after I had him, but it wasn't to the factor or to how I was doing and living prior to. It was with moderation, and even then it was, okay, does he need, what does he need? Um, I can't go out and do anything if he needs diapers. I can't go out and if he needs formula, whatever he needed, I had to make sure that that was taken care of. Um, yes, it took a while for me to realize that, you know what, it's not worth what you're doing because you can't see it. And then when I started that mindset of if I'm doing it 
and I don't got nothing to show for it, I'm stopping it because I looked at it like I could be using that money for a pair of sneakers, uh, some diapers, clothes, paying a bill, or whatever the case may have been. But that was my wake-up. That baby truly, truly, truly um, saved me, stopped me from living the way I was living because if I did not have that baby, I truly believe I wouldn't be here. Either I wouldn't be here or I would be so out there in the world living, doing drugs, hanging out, probably selling myself to get out. Whatever the case may have been, I think I would have indulged myself in that form just to um, get high, to get high. So I just thank God for him um, that he was my true. A God gave me this lifeline to get me to be, I pray, I say in this place now to recognize and realize that then if it wasn't for but God, but God, but God, where would I be? Where would I be? And when I look at that child now who is 37 and how he is so Mel, I mean, he's that type of, I don't know, he's different. He's like the child that's so mellow. Like, you know, even when I bring things to him, he's, you know, like that kid that be like, oh, mom, you got to, he's like, it's, it'll be all right, mom. It's okay is his favorite word. When I say something to him, he's like, it's okay. And when I see him and, and to know that, <laughs> This is a child that I put things into, not knowing that I was pregnant. But look at him now. But God is all I have to say. And I'm sorry, I went straight into my, um, because I just had to get that off of me. I just had to release that because that had been pressing on me um, that God is helping me to release some things as well as the apostle brought some things to my mind. And when, she, when the conversation came apart and it was just like I was quiet and I was like, oh, my God. Like it was like a, a I don't know how you say it, like it was just like epiphany, like, girl, that's do you not see it? There it is right there. It's been in your face all of this time, and you don't even know it. You didn't even recognize it. But I thank God that um, the insight came, and I was able to see it, recognize it. Um, devil didn't want me to, but now he can't hold that against me no more. There can be no more shame in that story. That that uh, that my past can no longer hold me in my future. So I thank God for that. Um, I did have uh, just a couple of um, uh, oh thank you God oh that's so so good to be released. Thank you Lord. Um, 
Jeremiah 1 and 5, all of these are coming from NLT. And it says, before I formed you in your in the womb, he knew, he knew. So even then I think about God knew even when he was forming my that baby in my womb. He was strengthening him. Because you know what? It's gonna take her a minute to realize you here. She's gonna to have to go through a process. But I'm gonna wound you to strengthen you so you can handle the buffoonery that she's gonna put in you. <laughs> because you're gonna be here. Because God said so. No matter what I was thinking, he said, Not this one. Mm-mm. He coming. He's going to be in the world, and you're not going to stop that because I said so. So I also have um, Psalms 139 and 13. And he says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knitted me together in my mother's womb. I keep going back to that because I just think about, like I said, the strength that God gave him to hold on because there could have been a miscarriage in that. Definitely the things that I was doing and how I was living, not resting, not eating right, too busy trying to run the streets. Yeah, I worked. Some days I would hang out at night and get up, get a couple of hours of sleep and get up and go to work and start it all over again. So it's just to, to know the things that I have put in this baby when I was carrying him, the strength of God. And then it was also Psalms 8 and 6, um, the NLT version also. I have that where, excuse me, ladies, um, you gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under authority. Um, when I read that, it just makes me know that um, God has all the authority. Um, even in my decisions and my thoughts of what I thought, what I thought I was going to be and how I thought I was going to be a free woman, not having no babies, um, I'll be an auntie, you know, always could be like, oh, yeah, Brit, I'll take the kids. Um, yeah, but I could always take them back. God said no. God said no. Even when that doctor told me the things that he put in my head that, oh, no, um, it looks like, you know, the way things are going on in your body that you're going to have, if you have a baby, if, it was even if I got pregnant, it wouldn't, it would not make it. So it was like, oh, okay, ain't no need me trying to have no baby. So, yeah, I was running back and forth um, with one gentleman, though, not as though I was with, you know, many, with one gentleman running back and forth, seeing him when I wanted to, like I said, but God said no more. This this stops. You're going to be a mother because this is what you need because if you don't, and if I didn't, where would I be? Where would I be? But God, but God giving me that responsibility, and not just once, a few, quite a few times, like I spoke before, quite a few times God has given me that opportunity. Yes, I, I did some things that I should not have, and I repented about those things, and I pray that 
like God said, he washed them in a sea of forgiveness. So I have to learn to forgive myself. But my process is I have to speak about it in order for me to forgive myself. I have to put it out there so there's no longer nothing that Satan can say, but you did this. But how are you going to be a, a woman of God, but, but you did this? And then you're not telling nobody. You got to keep it a secret because if you don't keep it a secret and you put it out there, what are they going to say about you? Well, you know what? It's out there. I'm telling it to my sisters on the line who I believe and trust that I can freely speak, let go, let God have his way, and trust that there will be no backlash on me for speaking and giving my word. So I say thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies, for allowing me to share my story, my truth, um, so that the devil can't hold this against me anymore and to know that, yes, I was meant to be a mother. I was meant to be a mother, and I'm so thankful that I am. Yeah, the road was rough. It truly was rough. But I'm here now, and even in my roughness, I was asking God to help me. Even before I came over to God, I was asking God to help me. So I say thank you all for listening, hearing my story. I pray that someone understands it and that someone receives it. Um, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen.